0: Hello, welcome back to the Dictionary of Moments podcast. I'm your host, Jason Geary. Let's read some stories. Look my way and take a leap, float down life's long stream in peace, I'll follow you blind Let's get into it this week. Uh, The Dictionary of Moments, of course, is a project that I'm doing, wherein I am trying to write an entire dictionary's worth of stories, where uh, you not only look up a word in the dictionary and find the meaning, but you find a short story inspired by that word. Uh, So let's jump straight into the stories this week. I'll chat to you afterwards. Sit back, relax, enjoy. Enjoy. Sound, especially one that is loud or unpleasant, or that causes disturbance. Noise. The cicadas were deafening. A constant high-pitched squeal that made picking out other sounds incredibly difficult. You hear that? Harry asked his wife, who was reading on the daybed by the window. She answered without looking up. She didn't see the concern on his face. What? Cicadas? That's all I can hear. No, it's it's like a clanking noise. Oh here we go again. Shut up, I can hear it. Off you go, boy scout. Go get your badge. This time she did look up. It was the most patronizing look he'd ever seen her give, followed by a wink and a smile. Fine. I'm gonna go check it out. Squeak, clank squeak, clank. It was a sound like a gate opening and slamming shut. He took a moment to retrace his steps and he's sure he'd closed the gates at the end of the driveway. At the end of the driveway, well, that was on the other side of the house. This sound was coming from the sugarcane field out back. scrick Maybe it was the sound of metal chains being pulled off the back of a pickup truck. Why? Who? Who would be in the backfield unloading metal boxes from a pickup truck? You couldn't even get to the backfield without driving past the house. Harry pushed on the screen door and slowly walked out onto the back porch. Stairs led down to the yard and there was a small clearing before the wall of sugar cane. Harry looked closer listening intently and trying with all his might to see into the tall cane with some clarity. Looking in the direction of the sound, he saw a glimpse of silver sweep above the sugar cane. Movement. Someone was there. Without giving it a second thought, Harry walked down the steps out into the yard and yelled, Hello? Anybody there? There was one more screw. Clank, a little more drawn out than the previous noises, and then silence. The sound stopped. So did he, dead in his tracks. Hello? He offered softly, nothing. The cicadas provided their monotonous reply, which strangely calmed him. He stood and listened again. Nothing. No scratchy, metallic screech, No deep, muted clank. The wind picked up and rustled the sugar cane all around the farmhouse. Harry smiled and shook his head and spoke to himself aloud. Oh, I'm bonkers. He raised his voice to yell back into the house. It's nothing. It's just he turned to walk back to the farmhouse and saw a figure on the porch. A grotesque behemoth of a man, wearing a leather butcher's apron. Harry couldn't breathe. In the hands of the man on the porch were knives dripping with blood. Harry looked past the man to the kitchen. He could see blood splatters on the windows. Harry fell to his knees. The man spoke. I told you I would take everything you love, just as you did from me. Adjective, bursting out or liable to burst out violently. Volcanic. No ketchup. That's all he wanted right now. These fries looked perfect, golden and crisp, steam rising slowly from them. He felt a rumble of unease in his chest. No, not now, please. He looked around the burger joint. He counted seven kids. No, not now. Breathe deep. Sir, would you like barbecue or mayonnaise with the fries instead? Sir? Sir? Can you hear me? He could, but he was trying to focus. Please, not now. There are kids. He found himself counting backwards to himself. Barbecue or mayo, sir? Ketchup, please. Sir, we are out of ketchup, sir. Barbecue or mayo? Hello? Sir? Hello? She looked to her manager. Doug? Doug, can you come here a minute? This guy's freaking me out a little. A large man came over and stood next to him. Staring down his nose, his arms folded. Doug's voice was as deep as the Mariana Trench. You want something, sir? Ketchup. The girl behind the counter twirled her berets. I told him a bunch of times, we're out of ketchup, sir, said Doug, seemingly dropping another octave, we are out of ketchup. He could feel the bile building in his throat. The girl spoke with a firm, over-polite, dismissive tone. Sir, I'm going to put one of each in, okay? Free of charge, barbecue and mayonnaise, okay? Just take your meal, please, sir. Okay? Oh, shit. That last mm okay pushed it out of him. I just want some fucking ketchup with my fucking fries. There was 15 seconds of stunned silence in the restaurant. Then a kid started to cry. Can. Noun. A mound of rough stones built as a memorial or landmark. Can. When I was a kid, I lived at the edge of the world. At least that's what it felt like. For the first 12 years of my life, the road I lived on was gravel. Suburbia on one side, dry grass and fields, and a single farmhouse on the other. 12 formative years of living on the edge of nowhere or someplace. At the end of the road, deep in the farm field, stood a pile of rocks, six feet tall. I walked past it every day without giving it a second thought. I'd always assumed that it was a farm thing, marking boundaries or some such, until one day I saw a dull, flat copper plate embedded in the side. I climbed through the barbed wire fence away from suburbia into nowhere. It was an easy escape. One I should have made well before this. It's odd the feeling crossing a literal boundary can stir in you. Here I was trespassing. I didn't belong in nowhere, but I felt at home. Free, even. I pushed through the tall brown grass wary of snakes and tolerating the persistent barbs of low-lying prickle bushes piercing through my jeans. As I approached, I surveyed the structure. It was made of blue stone, placed in a circle stacked high with small amounts of mortar between each stone. On each side of the can was an H, made of clumsily placed lighter rocks. H and H. The copper plate sat between them, dulled. It was hard to read. Erected in 1924 to commemorate 100 years since inland explorers Hume and Hovell rested here on their 1824 expedition. Hume and Hovell had rested here 160 years before. I sat down with my back against the can, long grass obscuring my view of the houses 50 metres away. Here I was, pushing out into nowhere, only to find where others had already been. I imagined what it must have been like 160 years ago. I'd just walked 50 metres into a paddock and felt changed. These men were pioneers, pushed through that boundary fence and just kept going. My heart swelled with the thought of the adventure of running off with a singular goal of triumph and tribulation. I sat and I closed my eyes, trying to imagine the isolation, the tranquility. I couldn't. I heard cars driving along gravel roads and the tack, tack, tack of nail guns, facilitating the unquenchable desire for the growth of suburbia. I got up, saw my house and remembered I had to walk the dogs before mum got home. I touched the monument and walked back to somewhere I knew I belonged, even if I wanted to stay here with the ghosts of adventure. In the years since, the Rove got paved, suburbia devoured the farmland, and my childlike spirit of adventure was consumed by fear and mortality. Oh, and they moved the monument to block so they could build a McDonald's. And there you go, three stories. I'm going to be honest with you. Winter has set in here in Melbourne, Victoria, and it was a really hard week to write this week. Uh, I had some other stuff on as well, which uh, limited my time a little bit. But yeah, it was a a hard one to write this week. I had some ideas for some stories, but it was just hard to get them out on paper. So I, I hope you enjoyed them. I hope the muse returns to me next week and winter doesn't. Uh, squash it any further um thank you so much for listening thank you to the heartstrings project for their beautiful music the interludes and theme song please check them out on spotify and on youtube they've got some exciting things coming up that i'll tell you about when they launch uh but they are wonderful people with wonderful voices and thank you for lending me your songs uh do check out the podcast on instagram Uh, there is a dictionary of moments There's covers for each of the stories that I like to put up and draw. Um, and, uh, you can of course go to dictionaryofmoments.com and read any of the stories that have appeared on the podcast in your own time. Uh, if you enjoy any of the stories, comment on Instagram, comment on the Facebook page, uh, any of those things. It's always nice to hear from people that you are enjoying the stories, uh, it helps uh, <laughs> helps me stoke my fire in this cold winter time. Uh, thank you for tuning in. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, please tell a friend. Uh, it's the best way for podcasts like this to grow. I appreciate taking some time. I appreciate you taking some time to listen to me. Thank you so much. Talk to you next week. Good luck out there. Love.